Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you ever been at a point in your life where you were unhappy with your career? You wanted more, more purpose, more of a reason to wake up in the morning and go to work, more intentionality behind the work that you're actually doing. I know I've been there multiple times in my career and at different points in my life. What once was a dream career or dream job became a dream of the past. And as I got older and experienced more of life, new dreams were formed and created. And I know navigating those changes and navigating your career can be tricky. It can be tough, overwhelming, anxiety-inducing, and at times feel absolutely impossible. I'm super excited for this episode today with Katie O'Malley, founder of Encourage Coaching and Consulting. Katie specializes in executive leadership and career development. Katie uses the rare combo of counseling and coaching to help her clients grow their leadership capacity while designing authentic and courageous lives. In this episode, we dive into so much tactical and practical bits of gold to help you start designing and thinking about how you can live and create a career with more intention, more purpose, so ultimately you are happier with your career. So with that, enjoy the show. Katie, thanks so much for coming on the Bits of Gold podcast today. Excited to have you on. I'm so delighted to be here, Dan, and just be in, be in conversation with you this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's jump right in. Maybe you could kick this one off by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and the impactful work you're doing in the world today. Oh, thank you so much for that invitation. My name is Katie O'Malley. I am the founder and principal coach at Encourage Coaching, which is my business, my company, my coaching practice, whatever you would like to call it. I really focus in on making exceptional career and leadership development services accessible to all folks, not just folks who attend elite universities, elite professional schools, or even find their way in a well-funded company and and find themselves en route to the C-suite. I really believe career and leadership development, everyone needs and deserves that kind of support. So my background and training is actually as a therapist, and I decided to take that skill set and apply the skills in a more forward-looking direction that really honors what people bring to the table, the inherent value that they have, and helping them recognize their differentiated values. So when they go in for an interview or go to advance in their current company, they're able to communicate that in in really effective and and sticky ways. Mm, That's awesome. What made you want to get into career coaching? For sure. So for me, our work lives take up a significant portion of our days. We can be spending anywhere from eight to 12. My goodness, I've had clients who are who are pulling 15, 16 hour days in their job. And if we're not paying attention to 
how that work and how those work environments and the responsibilities that we have impact our day to day, it can really start to cause our mental health and well-being to to deteriorate. And so I wanted to marry the skill set that I learned in in my degree program as a counselor, but help people really understand the impact and influence that work can have on us, both in net positive way, but also sometimes in a negative way and helping people figure out in kind of a two-pronged approach how can I make my current workplace and my current work situation more tolerable until I can find the place that's really going to allow me to thrive and shine and grow? That's interesting. In terms of the people that you work with today, would you say it's you're working with a lot of recent grads? Is it more people who are actively working at a job already that they're looking for more meaning, more purpose? I'm curious who you would say is your ideal client or person or people that you're working with today? For sure. So the the people that I'm working with today are actually, they're incredibly diverse in terms of age demographics. I'm currently working with folks who have recently graduated from college, from other types of professional school programs who are trying to find their way in into their first job or their first job after a major transition into a professional school like law school or business school or medical school, but also working with a lot of folks who never visited a career center or career services in college or at the university they went to or never never attended college or university and really don't have a good sense of why they ended up where they ended up, but they're not sure what else they can be doing with the skill set that they've developed in the last 5, 10, 15 years. And so on the career side of the house, I would say I work with everyone who is 21 to, to right around 50 at varying places on the, the career ladder or the career jungle gym that I, I like to think about it as sometimes, but then also working with a segment of leaders too. So new leaders all the way, new managers all the way up to the C-suite in their leadership development and being effective at supporting, developing, and managing others. Got it. Would you say that there's, regardless of where people are at in their career, would you say that there's an overlapping theme or overarching theme that your customers, at least, or the, the people that you're working with are coming to you seeking or trying to figure out? Is there a theme or would you say it's more individualized? So I like that you you put that on at the end. Is it more individualized? I think every, so all of us are are unique as humans, right? And we bring our own lived experiences and talents and strengths to the table. I would say most of my clients are coming to me curious about how to explore new career paths. How do I even find something if I don't know it exists? That sort of question. Or how do I translate what I've been doing into this new field I want to get into. So it tends to be one of those two things. The third thing that every single client of mine tends to get hung up on to is the cover letter when they are trying to write that to apply for new jobs and new opportunities. I haven't come across a client yet that has felt really confident about what they've articulated about themselves or have even ever written one before. Got it. So it sounds like you're helping people on both the tactical piece, but also more the exploratory piece as well. Absolutely. I like to say at Encourage Coaching, we cover everything from job exploration to compensation negotiation. And once that is set, we are here to, to help set you up for a first strong 90 days and beyond. Oh, that's amazing. 
So I'd love to dive into a little bit of the idea of career exploration, because I, I'm really fascinated by that topic as a whole. I think I'm very interested to get your take on it, because I feel a lot of people in their early 20s, let's just say postgrads, or even people in their late 20s or 30s should be encouraged to take a more exploratory path of figuring things out. I always like to say, I think personally, I, I believe your 20s is a great time to try a lot of different things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I would encourage people in their 20s, 30s to do. And people who are later on in life, you know, I think typically speaking, those people are maybe more set in their ways or more set in fearing the change or what's possible because maybe they've been doing the same thing or in a similar path for so long. So I'm curious to discuss a little bit about career exploration early on in your career, but also later on in your career and what that looks like. Yeah, I really appreciate how you you encourage folks, especially in their in their 20s and 30s to do a lot of exploration. Unfortunately, our society has not set us up in that way or conditioned us or socialized us in that way. It's been very much, okay, you're starting high school. Let's start deciding where you want to go to college. Okay, you've decided where you want to go to college. Now you have to do really great on your SATs and your ACTs, and this is going to be life determining, and you have to do well in school. And then you have to declare a major when you're 18 years old, deciding what you want to do with the rest of your life. A lot of um, pressure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of pressure. And and while I am a big fan of effective goal setting and setting identity-based goals around who we aspire to be instead of getting to a particular metric or to a particular place or institution or job, the challenge with all of this, Dan, is really, you know, our brains aren't even fully formed until we're 25. And yet we're being asked to make decisions about the rest of our life seven, six, seven years ahead of that at 18, 19 years old when, when we put our two feet down on campus. And so one of the things I think structurally and systemically starting to open up our minds to the idea that what we choose to do with our lives doesn't have to be chosen and set in stone when we're in college. Mm -hmm. That time to explore can continue after college and actually can help us be better professionals as we're, we're moving through the world. Yeah, I love that. Do you think that people are becoming more accepting of that idea? When I was in college, even when I was choosing which college to go to, I really felt that the stakes were so high that every decision I was going to make would automatically impact if I was going to ever be a success or if I was ever going to have any level of success, every move mattered. And I felt really an immense amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting for, for me, my journey has been very messy. And I say that in the best way possible. I think I'm 28 now, but I think a lot of the last eight years of my life has been so much of diving deep into one thing, like really deep into one thing, but also leaving doors open and continuing to be very exploratory in a lot of other areas in my life. And I don't know what changed for me, but I, I do remember like there being a significant shift from my life in my early 20s prior to going to college and in college where I thought like the stakes just felt so high to then recognizing that, you know, their change is inevitable. And one of the things that I want to point out is it's interesting how even personal aspirations or dreams of mine have evolved or changed what I wanted or what I so desired when I was 21 is so drastically different now when I'm 28. 
And I know that, you know, in 10 years from now or five years from now, my goals, aspirations, dreams will continue to evolve and morph and take new shape over time. Yeah. And Dan, can I ask a follow-up to that? Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking about, you know, things feeling really high stakes because every decision you were making in your mind was potentially determining whether or not you were going to experience success or be successful or, or have success in your life. Did you know at the time what success meant to you, what that actually looked like, what you were striving for? At that time, you know, I'm sure I had a definition in mind of what I believed success to be. Today, I have a completely different definition or of what I would define success as. So I think that definition has, has certainly evolved as well. Yeah, I think this is the piece that can really, really trip people up because so often when we hear the word success, we think of society's perspective on on what success is. And one of the things I do right out of the gate with my clients is my goal as your coach is to help you design the life that you want to live and the life that you deem to be one of value, purpose, and success. From there, we are going to identify a career that fits into that instead of the other way around. Mm. And it, it really, at first, confuses folks, but then it becomes so much easier to understand why their major wasn't satisfying or why their first couple jobs out of school didn't really hit the mark because they weren't setting them up for what they viewed to be a purpose-driven and, and successful life. And so we really start there with people's individualized view of and belief in what success looks like for them. That makes complete sense. I'm curious if someone comes to you and they say, I want to find or I want to create more meaning. I want to create more purpose in my career, in my day-to-day. I don't feel that in where I'm at currently. Where would you start? Yeah, that's my favorite place to start, creating meaning. So my training as a therapist is actually rooted in in an existential orientation that's all about personal responsibility and what is deemed meaning-making. So life in and of itself, pretty chaotic. There's not much rhyme or reason to it, but it's the meaning we're able to imbue on things that really matters and makes us human and, and brings us to life. So in that question, where I would start is really this idea of values. And so doing values clarification exercises, but also assessments that look at what really drives you in terms of your decision making and really aligns with and enhances or elevates your joy throughout the day. What are the things that you know if you follow these guideposts, you are confident in who you are and the way you are moving, moving through the world and the choices you are making? So for example, for me, those are courage, learning, and justice. So those are my my three big values, my three non-negotiables, and a lot of the meaning that I've made in my life about the experiences that I have had go back to one of those three things. And the piece around courage, learning, and justice also inform my decisions moving forward. And if I feel like I'm making a decision out of alignment with that, I review it because that incongruency can really cause stress and distress for people if they're not paying attention. Do these choices align not only with my core values around who I am in my work, but also the person I aspire to be? That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure people who are coming to you are looking for 
more meaning or they're looking for more out of whatever their career is. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I, I read something the other day that really... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Resonated with me and it said, like the old luxury were maybe the cars or the fancy things, but the new luxury is meaning and purpose. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that is something that a lot of people today are looking for. They're not just looking to trade their time for money. Their work or their career needs to, it needs to have greater meaning than just showing up to an office and clocking in and clocking out at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So as it relates to finding meaning, creating meaning, and going on that that personal journey of trying to bring more meaning to your personal career, let's just say someone says, I want to leave my job or I want to change my career path, but their behavior isn't mapping towards that. I'm curious what you would say to that person or what you think causes people to not necessarily take the action. Because I've had so many conversations with people who are close to me, whether it be friends, cousins that say, oh, I want to make a change in my career, but their behavior doesn't actually map towards making that change. I feel a lot of times people sort of paint this narrative in their head of what they believe they want. But when I see that, at least, you know, I I believe that they're painting this narrative of what they believe they want, but maybe they don't actually want what it takes to get that. You know, I'm curious where that sits with you, or I'm assuming people who are coming to work with you, they're looking for some help to maybe take that action. But I'm certainly curious what your thoughts are around that. Yeah. So if it were easy to make those kinds of changes, I wouldn't have a job. Um, The reason I have a job is, is for what you just described. People face really challenging barriers and roadblocks to aligning the behavior, right, with the desired outcome or what they purport to want. And those barriers can be everything from, you know, self-limiting beliefs, cognitive distortions, previous traumas they've experienced that reduce their sense of self-efficacy and personhood. And so for me, I think where you and I might diverge a little bit 
in our thinking, I do think people want what they put out there and what they say they want. What I, I think the reason we don't see the behaviors match with that is either because there is a very strong barrier that is, is scary to dismantle or feels impossible to work through, or they've never had someone model aspiring to reach something so high and don't know that it's possible to achieve that. And I'm lucky in that I, I've never had this experience, but one of my favorite parts of being a coach is being able to walk alongside someone in their journey as a supporter, as a cheerleader, as their biggest fan and believer, because there are so many folks who have never had that. Mm. It can be tough to make big changes like the ones you're describing on your own, especially if somewhere along the line, you stop trusting your own intuition and you stop trusting yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with everything that you just said. I think, you know, those those changes can certainly be scary. And I think that that's why coaching can be incredibly helpful and powerful and impactful and empowering for someone that chooses to engage with a coach. It is quite fascinating to me because I've really viewed for a long time that, like you said, society has, has put us in such a place where like so many people just, they go to school, they graduate from school, they get a job. And then that's sort of like, it and you just climb the ladder. And I think oftentimes early on in someone's career, or even later on in someone's career, people do say, I want to make these changes. You know, it goes both ways. People early on maybe say, I want to make these changes, but I just went to school and I have this job and I'm doing X and am I really going to make a, a complete pivot now in my career? And then you hear it as well on the other end where you hear people who are doing the same thing for almost two decades and they've achieved great success. And then they say, am I going to leave this all behind to try something new or go a different path, et cetera. But it's fascinating to me early on in, in someone's career. I think back to when I was in college and there was never a course or a moment where a professor sat down and said, what do you want your life to look like? You know, there was never a course around designing your life. It was more practical or more tactical around whatever the course material was, whatever the class was. And I feel like very much there really is never that moment I feel in your early on in your career, early on in your life, where someone's sitting you down saying, you know, this is your life to create what you want of it, to sort of make the choices that you want to make. But ultimately, regardless of what someone ends up doing, they are either consciously or subconsciously making those choices to put them in the place where they end up either happy or unhappy. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I think I'm following. So the, the idea being, if I'm hearing you right, it's the sense around personal responsibility. Am I making the choices that are getting me where do I want to go? But is the place I want to go the place I really want to be? Or is it just the place I'm told I'm supposed to go? And once I get there, I'll be happier. I won't. I think for a lot of people, maybe there's lack of intentionality, like early on in someone's career, I think. I find it fascinating that intentionality is something that I never heard when I was in college. It was never something that was brought up. And even after college, it was never brought up to me like, you know, you could actually be intentional about what you want to do. Instead, it was just like, find a job and you did this major, you should probably go do a job in that in that field. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. And a lot of, of companies and organizations now, Dan, are really wising up to the more cognitive diversity we can bring into our workplace, the more it benefits our employees, the more it benefits our teams, and the more it benefits our bottom line or our drive to enhance our mission. And so I think even if you went to school to study accountancy or marketing or, or political science or psychology, 
it's important to honor your interests and go back to those things before the world got a hold of you. What did you really enjoy doing as a kid? And while it won't map one-to-one, well, geez, I really enjoyed playing with Legos. I want to play with Legos in my job. It's not that. It's you were a builder. Make sure that the company or organization that you go to is a place that rewards people who build and create new things. If you just love solving puzzles and crosswords and jigsaws when you were young, go to a place that really honors and values innovative problem solving and bring that skill set and that learning and that knowledge from your college experience or advanced degree along for the ride. But let your interests and values guide you instead of necessarily the hardcore skills of a particular profession. Mm, That makes sense. I know we sort of discussed a little bit about how to think about living or creating a career with more purpose. Is there one specific question for those that tune in if they wanted to do an exercise around trying to think through their life with more purpose, more intentionality, is there a question that they can sit right down in a notepad, this question, and answer in their own time, free flow, and just answer things that might help them start to brainstorm how to bring more purpose and intentionality to my life as it relates to my career? Absolutely. And this is my favorite question to ask folks, which is, what would you do even if you knew you were going to fail? It's an interesting question. Because it really drives at what are you interested in, where you're so interested that the potential for failure doesn't even register on the radar because you are so keen on being a part of this or learning to do that or creating something whatever it is, what would you do even if you knew you were going to fail? That is a list to reflect on, find patterns in, and then pursue once you've made those identifications. So just to take it one one step further, you've made your list, you're sitting there, you're reading your answers to yourself. What would be the practical or the tactical next step once you have that list? Yeah. Once you have that list, the next step is what I would do actually is to take everything on the list, put one item each or one response each on a post-it note, put those post-it notes up on the wall and then start grouping them. What feels similar, what patterns are emerging, group those together, and then see if you can find an overriding value or interest or desire, right, that is coming out of those buckets. That's what you start to search on, whether it's in Google or LinkedIn or idealist as you're looking for new opportunities, those are your first set of search terms to start seeing what is coming up. And this is the exercise that allows my clients to take the blinders off and say, oh my gosh, I typed in courage, learning, and justice into the LinkedIn search bar and all of these organizations and job opportunities popped up that I didn't even know I existed or that I could look for. And it's from there that you start to read those job descriptions pull out the tasks and responsibilities that are meaningful and purposeful to you to construct your, essentially your dream job that fits into that life you're trying to build for yourself. And that becomes the role or the job that you're looking for. Mm. It sounds like a very tactical, practical exercise that, that um, our listeners can, can do here. I sure hope so. I call it the free association search. So, well, it's fun. And it also 
my clients typically report back, it really takes the pressure off because you're not trying to find the one thing. The goal is to find as many things as possible that are of interest and value. Mm. So just to speak about that a little bit, taking the pressure off and going back to exploration a little bit, you know, you asked me before around my definition of success early on in my career versus now, and I explained how that has personally evolved for me. And I feel like oftentimes our our desires, our dreams certainly evolve as we get older, as we experience life, as things happen to us in our life. You know, our, our dreams, I think, typically do evolve or take some new shape. So I'm curious as it relates to exploring in, in your career and being open to change and trying different things and just being open-minded to the idea that maybe your life isn't going to just be one job or one career path. Where do you net out with that and how others should think about their career path? For sure. So first, the piece around open-mindedness, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think the very first thing I'll share, two of the very first things I'll share with clients is just because you're, we're opening new doors and we're exploring new things doesn't mean we're slamming the, sh- the door and window shut on everything you've done up until this point. It's cumulative and it, it all works in concert. All of those experiences work in concert with one another to get you to the next place you're going to go. So just because we open one door doesn't mean we have to close another. The other thing I share is that the average person has seven different careers in their life, not seven different jobs seven distinct careers. And I am currently on number five. So I hope I'm going to be hitting that nice numerical average soon. (laughs) But the choices that we make around career, there are no good and bad choices. There are just choices that we are making with the, the best information and knowledge that we have at the time. So the quicker that we are able to unlearn a choice or decision as something inherently good or bad, but can just say, this is the choice and know the next day you can make another choice, whether it's leave that toxic workplace or advocate for yourself or have a conversation, a courageous conversation with your supervisor or turn in your notice. All of those are options on the table and none of them are inherently good or bad. We just have to recognize our power to make a new one if that one didn't serve us in the way we thought it was going to. Mm, I love that so much. I feel alone just stating that, you know, our choices are neither good nor bad. I feel like that also takes a lot of the pressure off around needing to make the right choice. Because I think a lot of people feel that pressure that it's the right choice, is it the wrong choice? Do I leave my job? Do I take this new job? I think that that's great advice. Like you said, it's just choices at the end of the day. And I actually feel like the stakes really are quite low because you can always go back and make make a new choice if you get data that, hey, you know, I made this choice and it's not what I thought or expected or wanted. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of that right now, you know, with the great, whether you want to call it the great resignation, the great attrition, there are a lot of folks who are what are now being called boomerangs. They left during the start of the great resignation and now they're boomeranging back to their old company because they realized, geez, this isn't what I thought it would be. The grass wasn't greener. It didn't actually align with my values in the way that I thought it would, or I didn't even think about my values when I went over to this new company or organization. And so there is always that opportunity either go back or to make an entirely new choice moving forward. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Well, we can start to wrap up the show. I think we covered a lot of very tactical bits of gold in, in this episode that people can apply in their own life to 
live and build a more purpose-driven career, where can our listeners connect with you if they want to work with you or learn more about the work you're doing? Absolutely. So I think the two best places to find me, one is via my website, encouragecoaching.org, or on Instagram. I post a lot of great content around workplace, job search, career development, leadership development, all with that kind of underlying theme of being purposeful and meaningful and intentional in in your lives. And you can find me at Encourage Coach Chicago on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the Bits of Gold podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. And maybe we can continue this conversation in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you like this episode, please take a minute, share it with a friend, and please leave a review on Apple iTunes Podcasts. It really helps with growing the show and would mean the world. With that, I hope you have an amazing week and continue to build a purpose-driven life. Enjoy. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.